Hi, this is Oren. If you find these teachings useful and you'd like to learn more about my work, you can visit me online at orenjsofer.com or on social media at orenjsofer. Thanks so much. What a gift it's been to spend these days together. I'll tell you a secret. <clears throat> the first night when we all sat together, I was looking around, who are these people? <laughs> what have I gotten myself into again? <laughs> and I, I noted thinking. <laughs> So I meant I meant what I said when I when I said you know really seeing seeing the beauty in each of us and every time every time I teach a, a day long a retreat I have the same experience of looking around the room at the beginning and feeling nervous and awkward and uncomfortable and a little bit like oh no how's this going to be and. And then at the end, just feeling the heart so open and just so connected. And, um, just remembering again and again and again that we're much more similar than we are different. Once you just look a little bit past the surface. The, the heart and mind are, is, are, it's, it's, a, it's a wondrous and mysterious experience to be aware and to be in a world where we uh, feel and sense and, and where we can respond. And, and, and in a world where we can become aware of our impulses, we can become aware of that which motivates us to respond. And so as Bart was referring to yesterday, he mentioned it very briefly at the, in the transition um, but that the more we pay attention to life, and the more we pay attention to uh, our actions and their results, the more we start to learn what's helpful and what's not. The more we start to learn uh, how to choose consciously to use the influence we have in life, whether that's the influence of just small things in our personal life or larger influence that we may have, you know, in your family or your relationships or your workplace or society, depending on our relative roles and the amount of resources or power we have access to. 
How do we use the time and the energy we have to influence things internally and externally? And so for each of us, it seems we've, we've had some understanding, some insight into that process and into our own mind and heart and how it relates and how it interacts. Some sense of, oh, look at that. I can do this differently, or I have choice here, or that's a pattern that I don't really need anymore. <clears throat> so the, those, these insights are invaluable, and they're not enough. Because the force of habit is incredibly strong. It's not enough to understand. We need to practice. We need to, we need to integrate that understanding and make it, make it the new default. And that takes time. It takes patience. It takes messing up a lot. And being willing to just keep trying again and going, oh yeah, right, okay, right, all right, do it again. And there are um, the area of speech and relationship is one of the areas in which this is most apparent. The depth of our conditioning and habits so it is, it's, very, it's possible to transform and change those patterns. But it takes repetition, training, practice, day after day, week after week. So the image that I like to use is it's like trying to turn a ship at sea. I live near, um, near a port uh, outside of San Francisco in the bay. And there are these huge container ships that come in, just immense. You know, like like four of these buildings put together, just just huge. So you imagine that ship going like across the uh, across the Pacific Ocean to Asia or something. And if that ship wants to turn, it can't just turn, right? It has to change the angle of the rudder. So each of you on this retreat has had some shift in that rudder. It's like your understanding and intention has shifted some. But if you want to go in a different direction, you have to maintain the angle. You have to hold the angle of that shift and keep coming back to those insights. This is one of the reasons why Bart recommended, you know, get something physical. Find a stone or a stick or a you know, a pebble or a leaf, something that's going to help you remember what's important to you that you've uncovered from this retreat. Put it on your altar, put it near your meditation cushion, and, or write something down that you can review and read. So we keep coming back to that, that change in the angle and, and can etch it into our mind and our heart. And so all of these suggestions that we're offering of... Have a daily practice, even if it's just bowing to your cushion. <laughs> you know, set up an altar. 
have an image of something sacred in your home. Plan your next retreat. Find a sangha to sit with. Take an online course if you don't have one nearby. All of these suggestions are ways of remembering our deeper intentions and shifts and really inhabiting them fully in our life. Study, reading, another wonderful way to stay inspired and to practice refining our intellectual understanding of the teachings, which will then support our practice. The precepts, the refuges, these are very important part of having a daily practice, of holding that angle. Because we live, for the most part, in a society that has pretty different values and messages to what we're training in here. That says that our refuge is actually in getting lost in something feeling fleeting pleasures, consuming, being better than others. These are the messages we're bombarded with every day. How you look is the most important thing. So what do we take refuge in? We need to actually remind ourselves that this is not my refuge, what kind of job I have or what kind of car I drive. If we don't remind ourselves that there's another possibility for security and safety, then the mind will drift towards the messages that we receive daily. So take refuge. If Buddha Dhamma Sangha doesn't speak to you, then find your own language, your own metaphor for that which is most sacred, most deep in you, that points to the silence. And the precepts are a wonderful way to attune to our shared humanity, to our shared vulnerability, to really set that intention like, I don't want to cause harm. Just a baseline. Let me not cause harm. Whatever else happens, may I not cause harm. And then studying it, really just looking. And it's not about being perfect. It's about learning. So when we inevitably trip up and cause harm, then we say, oh, here's an opportunity to learn what, what's going on. Let me, let, me, let me investigate. Let me try something different next time. And so part of having a daily practice can also be taking the refuges, taking the precepts, chanting. We've done some chanting together. Setting an intention. Bart talked about setting an intention during your sitting. You can set an intention just for your day. You know? Like, may I pause today? Or may I speak with kindness today? May I listen more today? And, and, and to see if we can hold this whole realm as a, as a joyful journey, as an adventure, 
rather than as some kind of obligation. You know, like, how amazing that we have this opportunity to explore and train our minds. So many of you have asked about, okay, well, what if I want to keep going with this nonviolent communication training or with insight dialogue or how do I, you know, where do I do that? So I want to talk about a few specific resources for training, both for those practices and also to uh, connect with, with myself. And Bart will share a little bit about how to connect with him uh, after you leave today. So... Um, in your mindful communication packet, you don't need to get it now, but in your packet, uh, on the last few pages, there are some suggestions for um, just taking some of what we've done and practicing with it yourself from day to day. Like there's a whole page. You could have a curriculum for six months just with that one page. Okay. Um, there's a bunch of links for further training in nonviolent communication. Links to my website, links to the Center for Nonviolent Communication, websites of a few colleagues of mine who teach, um, some online courses in NVC, and so forth. Some of you notice that there's some materials out on the on the table with the Donna. So my teaching schedule is out there. Um, I'll be on the East Coast a couple more times this year. I'm teaching in Philly on this Saturday, a communication day long. Um, and uh, I want to mention two other opportunities to, to stay in touch or stay connected. So one is a, is a really special online course called Next Step Dharma, which is this black postcard that's out there on the table. And this is a course that, um, that I built and designed at the suggestion of our t friend and teacher, Joseph. Uh, and it's specifically set up to support people after coming off retreat. So it's a six-week online course. Um, it's a very wide sliding scale, starting at zero. Um, and each week has a different theme. And then every week and a half, we have a, a, a live call with myself or another teacher. I'll see if I can get Bart to do a call in the next month or two. And it's just like an open call to just ask questions about your practice and to just talk. And there's a beautiful little sangha that's formed online with this, with this community. Um, so I invite you to check that out. Take, feel free to take one of these. If it doesn't feel right now, maybe, it's, maybe for some future retreat, you might want to check it out. And then the other thing is this little blue postcard. So um, in October, I'm teaching another uh, six-day silent, uh, sorry, six-day relational retreat uh, in New Mexico with my colleague Donald Rothberg. And we'll be doing um, less of the relational insight dialogue practice. We'll do, we do some, but we do more of the nonviolent communication training. And, and, and then... Um, Vipassana and loving-kindness meditation. And so if, uh, if you want to do another retreat, um, feel free to pick one of these up and check it out. It's a, it's a beautiful center. It's in the middle of the forest in northern New Mexico. Um, hundreds of thousands of acres, literally, of forest around. It's totally off the grid. It's a pretty amazing, amazing place to practice. I'm always inspired by Oren. Uh, it's, um, 
I'll, I'll also put out a paper um, with me, so if you want to stay in touch via email with me. Um, I haven't done that yet. <clears throat> we'll just put a paper there soon. Um, but the thing that I want to talk about is, um, and more specifically, the possibility to continue practicing inside dialogue. And um, one way to do it, and a portal of a lot of information is a website. And the website is meta, M-E-T-T-A dot org. And that's actually also the name of the organization of the... Um, the uh, Inside Dialogue teachers. And um, there you can find not only what we do in terms of retreats, but also it's a possibility that you can practice online as well. So there's possibilities where you just go online. Um, sometimes it's just audio, sometimes it's like with Zoom, like with video as well, and just practice. And the cool thing about that is you'll uh, depending on time zones, you might practice with someone uh, from Europe. Um, I've practiced with people who are ready the next day. It was Australia. So, and it's it's a really cool way to kind of con connect, to keep connecting with the formal practice of the guidelines. Um, there's also retreats held um, uh, here and um, other places in the United States. Um, and... Um, and I'm sometimes also in your local communities, like where I teach at New York Insight. Um, we, um, we have an offering, and that is something you could maybe also explore in your own uh, center if you are active in a, in a local community, is to see if you can, in the center, maybe create a weekly offering that is focused on interpersonal stuff. It doesn't have to be formal inside dialogue or NVC. And so at New York Insight, I remember um, the director at the time said, okay, we like the idea, but now come up with a name. <laughs> and then he also said, it has to sound like a band. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and it took me a long time. I'm, I'm pretty, um, without getting like um, all boost, and how you say, not being modest anymore, but I love the name I came up with. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's like this. Um, I don't know exactly, it's called Dharma squared, like the two in the air from math, because that sometimes happens when you meet, like in a relational practice, the Dharma gets intensified in a quite an, like in two way, you know, math is not really my thing, but you get what I'm saying, <laughs> especially in English, I find it really hard to say it in English. Um, but you get the point. So maybe um, creating something, if you're like, you know, you maybe go to an insight center, right? To maybe suggest, can we also do something that is more interpersonal or relational? Because, you know, honestly, sometimes I went to places, right? From seven to nine, I would have been seated next to someone, teacher who does a guided meditation, then walking in a small room, drinking coffee or, or something, and then a talk, Q&A, and go home. And then I feel kind of awkward on the, on the elevator because I've been sitting next to her and go, you know, even eye contact is weird then. Because you haven't really connected. And a lot of people who are drawn to meditation are introverts. So this could be also a great way to kind of explore what's going on. So that is something I'd also love to suggest, is to suggest maybe doing a little of Dharma squared. Um, and... Um, so that's really specifically about um, our um, of finding stuff for inside dialogue. Uh, 
please come to our center at New York Insight when you're in New York City. Uh, maybe especially on Mondays when we do Dharma Square. <laughs> right, David? <laughs> uh. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to support Oren's work, you can donate at orenjsofer.com forward slash support. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.